0: it's something for nothing the rush fan cast steve and jerry with you jerry how are you today i'm fine steve how are you i'm very good i'm very excited because today we're doing episode three of a set of episodes i didn't think there would ever be three of
1: no i'm surprised there was one actually (laughs) two seemed pushing it three might be a stretch
0: we talked about rush covers quite a while ago episode 71 the response was so great, we did it again in episode 90. That's right. And now here we are, the third installment.
1: Right. Let's see how this one goes, if people are tired yet. <laughs> our recommendations for cover songs.
0: You can find us on Twitter. We are at RushFanCast. Instagram, you can find us at the TheRushCast. Email Jerry, TheRushCast at gmail.com. Send him your complaints about our Rush Covers <laughs> episodes at TheRushCast at gmail.com. The bass intro and outro was done by Lex. As usual, he's great. Follow or subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. And Jerry, why don't you get started with an email? That'd be a switch. Yeah, we're going to mess up the format this far (laughs) in.
1: This is from Kyle. Hey, Kyle. He says, hi, Steve and Jerry. I started listening to your show a few weeks ago, and I really love the cadence of your episodes and how you dive into each song. So I guess maybe he's going to be upset now that we messed up the cadence of the episode.
0: Yeah. This is terrible cadence.
1: I started with the signals episode as subdivisions was the first song I ever heard or rather remember hearing. And it's always had a special place in my heart. Hearing you talk through that album was like hearing it for the first time again. And I have to thank you for that.
0: Wow. That's nice, right? That's a nice compliment. Yeah. Thank you.
1: After Neil passed away in January last year, I was shocked and heartbroken. He was the first person that I didn't know personally whose passing had a genuine effect on me. Seeking solace, I picked up Ghost Rider at the library and dove in. Not sure if either of you have read it, but he has bits of lyrics smattered throughout the pages that relate to particular events he's relating to the reader, some from Vapor Trails, but most from other albums. As I was reading, I couldn't help but note that his lyrics tied perfectly well to his feelings at that time, even though he'd written them years before. I think the relatableness of his prose speaks to his work as an artist, musician, and poet. Even though he's gone physically, I'll have his music and words to keep me going. Thanks for reading, and keep up the awesome work, Kyle.
0: Thanks, Kyle. That, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, and he wants to know if we're ever going to dive into Getty's solo album, My
0: Favorite Headache. I think we should. I love that record, and I think it'd be great to talk about. Yeah, I think we should, too. And as far as Ghost Rider goes, I did read it, but I read it a long time ago, and I definitely need to read it again.
1: I think I bought it at one of the Vapor Trail shows. Oh yeah. And read it back then.
0: Yeah. But I think since we've talked about vapor trails and really got in depth with it, I think it'd be good to revisit the book. Yeah. And I think it would help us love vapor trails even more if that's possible. Yeah, probably we should do that. And maybe we talk about the book on an episode. That'd be cool. I think we
1: had talked about a long time ago about like a little book club where we say we were going to read a book and then tell people beforehand.
0: We should do that. Yeah,
1: we totally should.
0: We should at least try it with one book and then see how it goes. And then maybe we'll do more.
1: Right. I'm sure I'll remind you in another 70 episodes.
0: (laughs) So anyway, that's what we did with the rush covers episode. We figured we'd try it and we ended up doing more because people loved it. And people loved the second episode so much kept sending us suggestions. So here we are again. Do you have a lot of suggestions? I only have one suggestion
1: from a listener.
0: I only have one that I remember. (laughs)
1: Well, yeah, that's the other thing. (laughs) We have to definitely put out a little disclaimer saying, if you sent us one of these songs, you know, saying you should use this cover for your next covers episode, and we forgot to say your name, it's totally accidental.
0: Oh, totally accidental. And the thing is, we did this so many weeks ago, and I got the tweets so many weeks ago, I, I just couldn't remember where I got them from. So apologies in advance.
1: I think that should be the tagline for our show. Apologies in advance.
0: (laughs) That should be the name of our show. (laughs) Apologies in advance. A Rush fan cast. What do you think? It's perfect. (laughs) All right. So apologies in advance for this first one. No, actually not. This is a really, really great cover. This was your pick, Jer.
1: It was. Thank you.
0: Love it. So why don't you set it up for us? Who is it?
1: Well, it's Beth Patterson with Johnny Sketch and the Dirty Notes Band. Love that name. Yeah, they're from New Orleans, and they do this jazzy cover of Red Lenses.
0: Let's hear it.
2: Uh, uh. I see red.
0: Beth is such a fantastic singer, and she's so joyful singing this. It's great.
1: Yeah, it is. You know, this was—I uh, forgot to say it at the beginning. Because again, like I said, apologies in advance. But uh, <laughs> a listener named Barry Henderson sent me this right after we released the second covers episode, and he said, "This is sure, this is surely one to divide the room because it gets a little, gets a little jazzy and and funky in the in the middle."
0: Why would it divide the room, though? I
1: think it's great. Yeah, I think it's great, too. But who knows? Who knows what people sing, Steve?
0: I love the horns, the sax and the trumpet going there. It just, yeah. th- the last thing I would think of with red lenses is throwing horns in there. But it's, it's really amazing.
1: Yeah, it is. And they trade off a little bit at the mm-hmm. end. So I love that a lot. In the video on YouTube, all the songs that we talk about are on YouTube. She plays the bazooka. No, the bazooki. Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a it's some kind of stringed instrument that Alex also played on a song on snakes and arrows. The name of the song is escaping me right now.
3: Oh,
0: huh.
1: so it's just, it's big. It's kind of like a gigantic, looks like a gigantic mandolin.
0: I also love that the trumpet solo was awesome. Yeah, that's right. And when they get to the, it's true part, they all say it's true, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which was cool too. Yeah. And I looked at the comments and one of the comments said, uh, that sounded like the love child of rush and 10,000 maniacs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it, it sort of does. Yeah. I could totally see that. She does kind of sound like Natalie Merchant.
0: Yeah. Which I don't think is a bad thing. No, not at all. I like every version of rush songs that you could possibly throw at me. I love all these. Yeah. So great choice, I Love it. Thank you, Steve. So my first choice was also suggested by a listener, and I'm not going to apologize in advance because I have his name. Brian Moore suggested we check this one out. And the weird thing about it is I don't know what the name of the band is because it doesn't say on the YouTube video what the name of the band is. So I don't even know if they are a band. I think it's just five musicians who got together during the pandemic and just decided to do a cover of Middletown Dreams. All right. And here it is
2: closed early.
4: The hidden bottle came out. The salesman turned to close the blinds. A little slow now, a little stout. But he's still heading down those tracks. Any day.
0: I think it's a coincidence, Jared, that our first two songs have female vocalists. I no. love when female vocalists do Rush songs, don't you? Yeah,
1: I do. It And her name is Noel. Is that her name?
0: Noel, yes. K N O E L. So it's like Noel, the Christmas Noel with a K in front of it. And she kind of
1: demonstrates how great a singer Getty is. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely.
0: Absolutely.
1: Just watching her sing. You're just reminded of, you know, the, the notes that Getty's hitting in this song. Every musician in this song is just killing it from second one.
0: Absolutely. And the bass player is playing a six string bass, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. And he's got a great sound. Yeah. Let me just run through the names of the people that you're hearing on this track. Like I said, I don't know if they have a band, but it's Noel on vocals. Alex Yarborough on guitars, Rockwell Helm on drums, I love that name. Yeah. Larry Smith on bass and synth bass, and Joel Thielman on keys. Like you said, they're all they're all terrific. Yeah, it's absolutely unbelievable. It's it's a
1: pretty faithful cover, mm-hmm. but still has a has a certain vibrancy that's better than your average cover band, I think.
0: And another thing I liked about it is I don't think I've ever heard anyone cover Middletown Dreams. So it was the first time I've heard any cover of Middletown Dreams, and that just made it more exciting for me, I guess. Yeah, the whole thing is just great from beginning to end. Nice choice, Steve. Well, thank Brian Moore.
1: Oh, that's right. See, I forgot already.
0: He sent it to me. I, I would have known nothing about it. So Brian, thank you for that. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. So Jerry, you've got another choice for us, I hope?
1: Sure. My next choice is a band that our friend Mark Irwin is always mentioning to me. He's always saying, you guys should listen to, to this band, The Sword. And it's probably no, uh, no surprise to you, Steve, that I have not listened to The Sword. Because <laughs> you don't listen to any <laughs> recommendations that anyone gives you. But this is a great rendition of Working Man.
0: Cool, let's check it out.
1: thing you might notice when you watch this video is that the lead singer kind of looks like Derek Smalls.
0: (laughs) He does! That's true, which I think is a great look for anyone, don't you think? Oh, absolutely.
1: (laughs) They they seem like a really, really cool band. I should definitely listen to them.
0: The other thing is that Mark really knows what he's talking about. Mark Irwin is a smart guy. Yeah, he is. I think
1: this song has to be tuned down way, way low, right?
0: Oh, yeah. It sounds like Sabbath. Yes, like yes, that's what I wrote down here. It has a Black Sabbath sort of sound to it to me. That's what I wrote. Yeah. I can show you. There it is. I wrote it. Yeah, it's very devilish. Yeah, Black Sabbath for sure. That's what I'm hearing. I
1: love it. The, the solos are incredible too.
0: Would you say that Working Man is the most covered Rush song of all time? It seems like everybody does a cover of Working Man. Not that it's a bad idea. I would
1: not say that only because... I'm sure there's an answer somebody knows <laughs> to that question, and I don't want to say 100% either way. It
0: is covered a lot. If it's not number one, it's, it's in the top five. How about that? Sure, I'll go for that, top five. And like you always say, they found the groove here, right? Didn't they?
1: Yeah, they totally found the groove, <laughs>
0: So it's so good.
1: I always use the word nasty mm-hmm. to describe certain sounds, and, but that I love, and it does have a, it has a nasty groove to it.
0: Well, you know, like you, I'd never heard the sword and they've been around since 2003. And the cool thing is we're going to see them live, Jared. Do you know that? I know that. They're opening for Primus on the Tribute to Kings tour, which we've got tickets to. They keep postponing the show. Right. But the sword is still on the bill and I can't wait to see them. Yeah. I think,
1: uh, I think maybe I'll just wait to be surprised by how good they are live.
0: I can't wait. I really can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. So my next track, Jer, is from a band that Rush fans know very well. But this is a cover that I was unaware of until just a couple of days ago when I was preparing for this episode. And it's Dream Theater covering The Necromancer. Check this out.
1: Cover is one of the most insane things I've ever heard in my life. The solos throughout this song are that that many solos in the Rush version? Yeah, of course. It seems like there's so many solos and <laughs> they're so good. And there's a couple of oh my god, this this is the craziest version of any song I've ever heard.
0: Well, the Necromancer is such a fantastic song, and Rush I think only played it live once, maybe.
1: It's such a random song to play.
0: Let me let me read you from Mike Portnoy's YouTube channel what he wrote about this before we talk any further. Through all my years in Dream Theater, as the set list writer in the band, I would always throw in occasional one-off Rush covers into the set lists. It was a tradition every time we played in Toronto, as I threw in Jacob's Ladder, A Passage to Bangkok, and The Camera Eye through the years at our Toronto shows. We also covered different strings, tears, 2112 grand finale, and excerpts of Working Man, Tor and the Snow Dog, The Analog Kid, and La Villa Strangiato through the years as well. But there was one evening in the summer of 2003 when we were playing at Jones Beach Amphitheater in New York that I decided to throw in a real deep rush gemstone to the completely unsuspecting audience. And later that Christmas, I posted a video from my archives to share it with everybody as a holiday gift. I think with Neil's passing, it seems like a timely time to reshare this DT rarity from my archives as a tribute to our biggest influences and our fallen hero. Here is DT's 2003 rendition of Rush's 1975 classic deep cut, The Necromancer.
1: And it was a really good choice to forego the, the voiceover.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of looking for that in the middle. I was hoping they would do it in the middle. I don't know why they didn't, but you were probably right that they skipped that.
1: So first of all, the first thing I wrote down as I was listening to this was halfway through, I just wrote down, sweet Jesus, because (laughs) the solos, (laughs) it's so crazy. And then, you know, there's a couple of, they they play a little bit of Heart of the Sunrise.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: And at the end, they play Bob O'Reilly, uh huh, which I think is just like a, a little... A little Easter egg, just to make sure that everybody follows it to the end, because then you can ask if if you heard them play Bob O'Reilly at the end, because it does sound a lot like it, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The end of the song. I never noticed that before. I was just wondering, at this Dream Theater show, I mean, how many of the Dream Theater fans knew this song when they started playing it? What percentage of the fan base do you think said, oh, wow, cool, the Necromancer? I, I
1: can't even imagine how many people would know this song. Right. They, I'm sure of many people thought it was just like a new song of theirs, a new 12 minute song. Yeah.
0: They should have done a studio version of this. That would have been fantastic. Oh yeah, definitely.
1: Man. So good, Steve.
0: Look, anybody doing the necromancer anywhere, anytime I'm in <laughs> totally in. And Mike Portnoy really nails all of Neil's parts, all of his fills. I know. So good, man. So good. And Caress of Steel is so underrated. I mean, I'm assuming they had to practice this, right? Oh, sure.
1: <laughs> or did he just like throw it at them? Oh, yeah. By the way, we're going to do the
0: Necromancer tonight. Okay. No problem.
1: I'm sure you could throw in like Tom Sawyer or something. and be like, oh, yeah, we play Tom Sawyer. It'd be like an hour before the show. We're going to play the Necromancer.
0: You know, it's not like you're saying, hey, let's play Start Me Up, you know, and everybody could just do it. Yeah, the Necromancer, sure.
3: Yeah, why not?
0: But Dream Theater really was the perfect band to do this because Mike Portnoy knew Neil so well. I mean, just incredible. Great, great, great rendition of it. Yeah, nice pick. Yeah, I just stumbled on it. Don't give me any credit. Oh, okay, forget it. then. Apologies in advance. Apologies <laughs> in advance? <laughs> What's your next one, Jer?
1: Well, my next one is a guy named, I think it's pronounced vague but I'm not exactly sure. It's Christian vague. It's V E G H. Okay. Is that how you would pronounce that? I would say vague. Yeah. Yeah. And he covers limelight. Cool. Cool. Now this version was recorded at the Berkeley College of Music. Great music school. Yeah, great music school. From 2019. And I saw another video of his. I was going to include a cover that he did at a blues festival when he was like 16 years old. He did The Spirit of Radio. Oh wow, really? Yeah, that was really good. But it was a it was live, so it was a little the sound was a little wonky in places. But I just thought this version. It's very True to the original, mm-hmm. but still so, so good. His solo in this.
0: Oh, he nailed it.
1: He nails it. Everybody, this whole band nails it. Three three guys playing. I think, uh, let me see, who did I write down? On drums is a guy named Sebastian Homsey, and on bass is Peter Dorena. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that there are other students. Oh, yeah. They'll look young. <laughs>
0: I have a tough time gauging people's ages, but these guys don't look over 20. No. They got to be 18, 19 years old, and they're incredible. Yeah, they're incredible. And all old people like us who are worried about the youth, don't worry. They're going to be fine.
1: <laughs> worried about the, I'm not worried about the youth, Steve. <laughs> I think the youth are
0: fine. But some old people are. Right. <laughs> some old people are. <laughs> they're wrong. These guys have it, man. Yeah, they've got it in their hands. Don't worry about it. But the vocals, the guitar work, Christian yeah. just does a fabulous job here. Great job. Yeah, it's excellent. So my next pick, Jer, last time on our covers episode, we did a, a version of Limelight by Jeffrey Keezer, who is a pianist. Mm-hmm. And we've got another pianist on this episode, Vikram Shankar, doing Jacob's Ladder. That is just haunting, isn't it? It
1: is ridiculous. He doesn't skip a second of this song. It's nine minutes and 21 <laughs> seconds long. This version, this, this solo piano version of Jacob's Ladder.
0: I don't know why it is. I'm always surprised by stuff like this, but it's just incredible. It is incredible. He doesn't rush
1: a second of this song no. either. And the, the lead in to, you know, all at once the clouds are parted. Mm-hmm. That part, the notes are just like hanging there in midair in this room that he's in. It's absolutely
0: astounding. And you've got to watch the video because you can see him just feeling every note. Right. You know, he's just putting everything into it. I just Mm -hmm. want to read from uh, his YouTube channel, Vikram Shankar Music. I'm proud to present my cover of Rush's underrated masterpiece, from the Permanent Waves record, Jacob's Ladder. This one has always been one of my very favorite Rush tracks for its mystique and power. And I feel even more that way after finally hearing the song live on the R40 tour. I hope I've done this fantastic tune justice with my arrangement. And Yeah. Yeah, you sure have.
1: Yeah, really. This dude <laughs> should be so proud of himself.
0: He's an American pianist, multi-instrumentalist, keyboardist, composer, and arranger based out of Asheville, North Carolina. Wow. And you can see his work on Vikramshankar.com. He's done tons of session work. This guy's been everywhere, and you can see why. He's just amazing.
1: Yeah. It's just something I would never even think of to do the this song the way he's doing it.
0: Right. I just wouldn't have even considered it, and
1: right. look what he did. I know. It's like a masterpiece.
0: You can feel the clouds rolling in. Yeah. You know, it's like, I want to run from my life <laughs>
1: in a good
3: way. <laughs> a good way.
1: <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to be struck by lightning.
0: It goes from thundering to just quiet and beautiful. And yeah, you got to listen to the whole thing. I mean, we don't have time to play all nine minutes, but just incredible. Really?
1: I mean, it does exactly what the rush version I was going to say, the, <laughs> the, the original version does in setting up some kind of atmospheric scene in front of you and he does it just as a piano
0: something like this makes me wonder do you think you know when Getty Lee and Alex lifeson are just scrolling through YouTube they find something like this and do they stop and listen <laughs> uh, I don't know you know if I was Getty Lee and I ran across this I'd check it out wouldn't you um like yeah sure seriously though if I were Getty Lee yeah absolutely <laughs> I don't know <laughs> Getty's got free time on his hands, doesn't he? Sure, we all have free time. So, Jerry, you got another one for us. We've got a few more to get through.
1: Yes. This is an an interesting one. It's an acoustic cover of Mystic Rhythms by a guy named Mike Massey.
0: Nice.
5: Think about the I love- ¡Gracias! Catch a window, a glimpse of what's beyond. Was it just imagination stringing us along? More things that I dreamed about, unseen and unexplained. We suspend our disbelief and we. Capture my thoughts, carry them away Nature seems to spin a supernatural way Mystic rhythms under city lights Or a canopy of stars
0: Again, Jared, the joy these people have playing these songs. It's just incredible.
1: Yeah. I don't know why it's striking me this time. (laughs) And I don't know if we've mentioned it the other few times, but
0: yeah, this guy's having so much
1: fun playing the song. I don't even understand how he's getting all of the, the melodies in there, like the keyboard melodies and things.
0: Yeah. It's pretty amazing, right? Yeah. It's so impressive. With just an acoustic guitar.
1: Yeah. And in the beginning of the video, he's stomping on something.
0: That's like that, that
1: beat you hear throughout the whole mm. thing. It's got two little googly eyes on it too, which I thought was just a cool little touch.
0: <laughs> it really is amazing to me just how many great musicians are just inspired by the music of Rush and so inspired to just do their own renditions and do them so well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This guy evidently has garnered a lot of attention for some of his covers. He did a, a cover of Africa by Toto which has you know, got a lot of views and things like that. So
0: do you know anything else about Mike Massey?
1: No, I <laughs> don't know. I think about him. I don't do a lot of research on these. Steve. Clearly you don't clearly. I'm just in it for the covers, <laughs> not looking to get to know these people.
0: Well, that was a great one for sure. For yeah, sure. Absolutely. So my next choice chair is by a woman named Patty Pershala. She does a ukulele version of closer to the heart. Check this out.
1: Speaking of joy, right? (laughs) Really, right? You can, she just laughs in like the middle of the song because it looks like she's having so
0: much fun playing the song. And just the power behind her voice, just the, for people who can't see it. I mean, she's sitting cross-legged in the grass playing a ukulele and she looks like a tiny little girl and the power behind her voice is just incredible.
1: It is incredible. And she's killing it on that ukulele, man. Oh, yeah. My daughter has a ukulele. It's not the easiest instrument to play. It's very small. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. I want to read from her YouTube channel. A lot of people are finding this after the news of Neil Peart's passing, and it comforts me to know how many others out there were touched by his music. This song always resonated with me, especially the first line, which reminds me to use my voice for righteous causes. I encourage you to donate to a cancer research charity in Mr. Peart's name, as the Rush website suggests. I've been watching the Rush documentary on Netflix with my dog, Getty Lee, and I'm inspired by Neil in particular, as he continued to take drum lessons after being considered a master. I think of the trio often when I practice my bass, the instrument I am most passionate about. I am in a Rush tribute band called Catch the Fish, with three significantly older male friends of mine who I call my mentors. Thank you for your encouragement in the comments. I know it's unusual for a 26 year old woman to love a nerdy progressive rock band, but their pursuit of creativity is universal. How about that? Yeah, that's awesome.
1: So she's better on the bass. Yeah. on the ukulele.
0: (laughs) I have to check out catch the fish now. Yeah, I know. I want to hear that.
1: Yeah, this is such a great cover. This might be my favorite episode ever, Steve.
0: I think this is this is <laughs> we just kind of pulled this out of our ass, too. Right.
1: <laughs> I know we did. This is this has been a lot so much fun so far. God, that was so good, Steve.
0: And anybody who names their dog Getty Lee is okay in my book. <laughs> yeah. Right? I hope she calls him Ged. Hey Ged. Anyway, um, Patty is a singer-songwriter from Grand Rapids, Michigan. You see, I did my homework, Jar. She's got a solo EP called Oracle Bones. And also another album that was released this year, Patty Pershela and the Mayhaps. Oh, Cheap Diction is the name of their current record. So check those out on Spotify. Hopefully they're there. And um, check out Patty. She's fantastic.
1: I like that name, the Mayhaps.
0: Yeah. Patty Pershala and the Mayhaps. That sounds like a 60s band name. <laughs> it does. It does.
1: Definite article band names are definitely the, the best.
0: <laughs> All right. We got a couple more, Jared. What's your pick?
1: Well, my last pick is a band called Rage, not Rage Against the Machine, just Rage. Okay. They're a German metal band. Oh, cool. And they do this cover of Tom Sawyer. A modern- And that's a pretty faithful rendition of Tom Sawyer.
0: Yeah, but it always amazes me how Rush songs work in any genre. To go from a yeah. ukulele version of Closer to the Heart to this... <laughs> to a German metal band. Right! And it still works! <laughs> I know. I don't understand how it's possible.
1: I do not understand how anything is possible, Steve. This is, <laughs> it's such a good version because it keeps the DNA of the original while making it into a true metal song.
0: Right. And I think what you just said right there is the key. Rush DNA is the best DNA. It is. You put rush DNA in a song. It's going to be great. Yeah.
1: It's going to have great cheekbones, (laughs) great musical cheekbones.
0: (laughs) That's true, that's true. Did you do any research at all on Rage, Jared? Do we know anything about Rage? I
1: (laughs) know nothing about them. As far as I know, they could be 105 years old. I have no idea.
0: Well, on the YouTube page, it says this is a rare bonus track from the album XIII, which is Roman numerals for 13. Is it possible it's their 13th album?
1: Sure, let's say it is. (laughs)
0: Let's say
1: it is. Anything is possible.
0: Maybe we can have our listeners do the research, Jar on Rage, and send us an email.
1: Hey, man, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm all about the music. I'm just about, I'm just here for the music.
0: Well, anyway, uh, you know, I said before that "Working Man" was possibly the most covered Rush song in history, but I'm thinking now maybe it's not "Working Man." Maybe it's "Tom Sawyer." It might be "Tom Sawyer." Well, you did correct yourself and say top five,
1: so I got your bases covered.
0: Well, "Tom Sawyer" is in the top five too, for sure. That's oh, that's yeah. that's a guarantee. And my last pick is also a cover of Tom Sawyer. And this is by the Mark Wood Rock Orchestra Camp. Check this out. You know, the thing that struck me about this, Jer, is when you see an orchestra normally doing a song, a random song, this is a random song for an orchestra to do, I would say. Sure. They never seem into it, you know? (laughs) These guys all seem way, way into it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: First of all, there's probably like a hundred people on stage. Yeah. Right? It's like an arcade fire concert. (laughs) There's so many people on stage. And... It sounds so... (laughs) I I don't even have... It sounds so good. You're still laughing at the Arcade Fire joke, Steve? (laughs) They always have so many people on stage.
0: How many people are
1: in Arcade Fire? (laughs) I'm
0: sorry. Continue. That was funny.
1: It's so full, right? And so rich, but you can hear all of the violins Do you know what i mean yeah they're not bleeding into one gigantic noise this thing is just recorded perfectly i don't know i don't know what's going on i don't know if you noticed some of the
0: violinists have their violins like strapped to their shoulders the video notes say 40 electric viper players with acoustic strings what do you think that means don't know i don't have the slightest idea what that would mean i like it though viper players Yeah.
1: Well, they look like uh, Flying V guitars,
0: right? Yeah, maybe that's what a Viper is.
1: Maybe. Acoustic strings. I guess there's different strings for an electric violin.
0: But the electric violin solo is incredible.
1: And then that one woman just stands up, and she starts playing a solo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This whole thing is crazy. And there's a bass player in there? Yes. Oh, the whole thing. is just, I, I was so you know my favorite probably my favorite cover that we talked about was the marimba cover of Livia via right right but this one's right up there
0: this is just badass
1: is what it is it totally is badass i would go see an entire concert of rush covers from this band if this is even a band i don't know if they're if they perform it's called the rock camp or whatever right
0: right it's a I guess it's a musician camp you could send your kids to. They look like college kids. I'm guessing, you know, I'd send my kid here. Yeah. They're going to do this. I'm in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's so much better than watching them play like hot
0: cross buns or something. (laughs) (laughs) The website is mroc.com, Mark Wood rock orchestra.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic.
0: So Jerry, we kind of just decided to do this on a whim let's see if we can throw together a a third covers episode and see how it turns out. Yeah. How did it turn out? I think it turned out great. I think so too. I mean, I hope our listeners agree. Oh, they'll let us know if they don't agree.
1: (laughs) They'll definitely let us know, but you know what? I, I think we, uh, we do a fourth one anyway. Why not?
0: We have to, right? Sure. This time we won't apologize in advance. This time, we're going to take all the comments we get from everybody, all the suggestions we get, and we're going to write them down and write everybody's name down, and we're not going to forget. This is why we don't have to apologize. I, I cannot promise that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I cannot promise not forgetting things.
0: All right. You can find us on Twitter. We are at RushFanCast. Instagram, you can find us at the TheRushCast. Email Jerry. Let him know what you thought of our third installment of Rush Covers at TheRushCast at gmail.com. The base intro and outro was Lex. We love Lex. Follow or subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. And, Jared, give us a great quote to wrap this up.
1: I will. It's going to be from Jacob's Ladder. Ooh, cool. All at once, the clouds are parted. Light streams down in bright, unbroken beams.
0: It sure does. And Vikram Shankar is playing as you read. Yeah, that'd be great. It would be, but Lex is playing. take it easy Jar see ya